Hey, listeners, welcome back to the Hitting Rock Metal podcast. I'm your host, Sally Holder. Today, we are having a conversation with Christy Henderson. She is the owner and operator of Chocolate Heaven Company. Personally, sounds like heaven to me. Um, And they are based out of the North Carolina Highlands. What started as a hobby, making decadent chocolate cakes, hence the moniker, Chocolate Heaven, for friends and family 20 years ago, slowly grew into this full-scale wholesale business spanning the Southeast. From a humble home kitchen to almost 3,000 square feet, added cakes and flavors, and a walk-in cake bar that's a whole lot of chocolate, butter, and love that she's going to be sharing with us today. I can't wait for you all to hear more from her. Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Wow, you make me sound so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) A good bio and a good intro is is always so flattering, right? Everything. Wow. You're hired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell our listeners, if you will, a little bit of background, who you are, how you came to be this amazing chocolate heaven creator for us. Um, Help us follow along your story. Okay. Well, um, I was actually a moved to Highlands when I was 12, grew up in Southwest Florida, spent a lot of time on the beaches and stuff. And, uh, as a result, my mother, my parents divorced and we moved up to Highlands and Highlands. If you're familiar with it, if you're not, it's a very small town and it's, um, I was used to laugh because it was the, um, North Carolina entrepreneurial entrepreneurial community, which is to me code for there are no jobs here. So you have to make one. So um, anyway, always my my parents were entrepreneurs, both of them. um, And my, once I graduated high school, my mom and stepdad left to go to do missionary work right after I graduated. And they were like, okay, go live your life, have some fun, you know, don't do anything stupid. And so no, no house to live in, no trust, no savings, no anything, just hit the hit the hot pavement of life with your bare feet. And so I did jobs, you know, worked jobs, worked the nine to five, did the nights and weekends. Um, fast forward to about probably about 10 years ago and uh, we're working food and beverage, which meant nights and weekends and holidays and lots of time away and with two kids in the house and just looking at, okay, there, there, there's got to be something else working for other people. And Chocolate Heaven came about, made the first one 20 years ago, just as a fluke for a friend. And I I tell everybody I was in my snobby 30s when, you know, you're trying like the the real fantastic recipes with all the steps, just so you can feel so very Martha Stewart and accomplished. And I made the recipe, I made the cake, and I was like, I'm never doing this again. It was folding this and that and the tears of small children and unicorn glitter. And my friend (laughs) loved it. And she asked me two weeks later, she said, hey, hey, my... um, my niece's birthday is coming up. Will you make me one of those fabulous cakes? I was like, honey, I love you, but no. <laughs> well, obviously I did it again because here we are. Um, and o- over the years, I just kind of tweaked it and, and made it. And it came to be a business because, like I said, I started doing it little farmer's markets, the local coffee shop. And over time, we picked up a local account. One of the local grocery stores picked us up and been a few ladies that shop with us in Highlands at our local store. They're like, you know, I have a store in Atlanta that would sell this really well. Or I have a store in Birmingham that would sell this really well. And so we just started doing the homework. What does it take? 
you know, how do we, how do we do this? And next thing you know, your home kitchen's getting inspected. Well, you want to cross state lines. So then you have to get a commercial kitchen and, and here we are. So we just, yeah, we just took it, never saw it ever as becoming a thing. Wasn't, Hey, let's go be a baker. Um, (laughs) if, if I had my druthers out of high school, I would have gone to college and been a travel agent, which thank God that didn't work out. But, um, yeah, just, just always kind of flying by the seat of my pants and, and landed in a really good place. So, you know, we were 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Now it was really kind of our, our, not even our rock middle. It was our rock bottom. Um, my husband and I managed rent two kids and well, one of our kids was a newborn and we managed it. We did a grand total of $28,000 that year. Um, we were on food stamps for a while. We were on, you know, we were in pretty hard place just trying to, trying to figure it out and slowly just, just out of sheer will and just God's good grace, just dug our heels in and, you know, kept doing the food and beverage thing until about 2014 and the cakes on the side thing started growing. And lo and behold, we got one account and we got another account, another account and um, 102 wholesale accounts across the Southeast later here we are. And we just keep moving forward. You just, you just keep pressing forward. That's, that's all you can do. So yeah, kind of jumped around a little bit there, but (laughs) no, I, I love your vulnerability. So thank you for sharing that. So many interviews, right? People are jumping from, I had an idea to you know, we did a few things. And next thing you know, it was a multi-million dollar company. And that always drives me nuts when I hear, right, other founders on other podcasts talk like that, because we all know every entrepreneur that has reached seven figure six, quote unquote, success, right, had a time where there was blood, sweat, tears. <laughs> yes, oh, like yeah. you said, unicorn tears, um, everything that, and, and you're challenged. And what you just described, right, is the breakdown that most people have to go through before they have the breakthrough. And too right. many, oh. especially female entrepreneurs, think if they have a breakdown at all, that they're a failure or that that's an indication that they shouldn't keep going. Right. Oh, that just, uh, that really, uh, yeah, yeah. That really hits. I mean, I've, yeah, so many, it, it strikes me because so many, so many people in general nowadays, we just, we're a society now that views failure as the end all and failure. Every failure is a beginning. Every failure is a beginning. You just, you know, you just, you either find what works or you, you learn from every, every step you make, whether it's a good step or a bad step is always, always a step. You learn something you didn't know before. So yeah, the, to anybody out there who, you know, looks at any of their failures, it's like, gosh, no. I mean, I was, I had a retail shop 2007 and the recession hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I had I had a gift uh, I was basket business. Law then, I remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a gift basket shop in, and I had it for three years. And between the recession and then also getting a divorce at the same time, um, yeah, I was done. I was down. I was at zero. I was at the bottom. And, you know, I was in, I was uh, where I live is it's a fairly affluent community. So I was kind of like, oh, no, what do I do? <laughs> You know, but you just you just do it. You feel okay. This is this is where I am. This is not where I'm staying. This is, 
you know, having no idea again, 12 years later, 15 years later, where I, that I was going to even be in this place. Um, a good friend of mine, he owned a restaurant in Highlands for several years. Uh, he's a chef and he's been a good mentor and friend to me through the years. And he tried to get me to do chocolate heaven as a cottage industry back in 2004. And I'm like, no, I've got a great job. I've got a great life. No. And, and I look at that going, wow, <laughs> you were really not smart <laughs> looking at it now going, if I would have just, if I could have started it then, but I look back and I think I didn't, I didn't really have the humility, I think, to take it seriously. And I didn't have the responsibility that my my education through the years has, you know, just the things you pick up along the way in life. You're just like, oh, wow, I was really dumb. <laughs> you oh, know, 100%. So, I do know. Yeah. yeah there so were, I think that's a... Yeah, we can't have those regrets. I say that all the time because I was stuck in my law practice for so long. You know, they're they're on the bad days, right? Because let's be honest, it's not on the good days where you're like, oh, I wish I'd sort of, you know, on the bad days, you're like, oh, I wish I had just done this earlier and then it wouldn't be as hard or maybe I could have avoided this and things like that. Um, And, but I had to go through those lessons. I had to go through those struggles at that particular time to be able to kind of, you know, I always say it's all linear. We don't think it is, but we don't get the 30,000 foot view, but it, it all led us to the place where we are today. And it's all been, I never get to know without the benefit of hindsight, like why certain things happened, but later on and usually years down the road, I'm able to look back and say, ah, that's why I had to have that experience or, you know, grow from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of my, I mean, obviously my personality, I was always geared towards sales, you know, so it worked. I mean, Highlands is a sales town. It's, it's hospitality. It's, it's retail. People come and that, that is your service. That is your industry. When you come to a place like Highlands, it's, you know, it is, you are sales because you want to make sure that the customer has a good experience and da, da, da. So, you know, being able to take that background and then obviously I love food. So, you know, and then doing the, starting with the chocolate heaven and then everybody else loved it. And then as we grew, we added a couple more things in and just, yeah. So just being able to take, being able to take all the, all the education I learned along the way. I, I mean, I was in food and beverage for 10 years. I mean, I went from being a busser to a bartender to the floor manager, you know, which is again, not a, not a path I ever would have chosen for myself, but the 30,000 foot view, it's like, okay, yeah, all of these things, you know, all of these things were brought together to, yeah, to put you at this place, you know, and sometimes, yeah, we don't know why something happens the way it does, but and we look back and go, aha, <laughs> I got it now, you know, yeah. so easy to I look. constantly have to tell that to my kids, right? And remind yeah. them and probably equally remind myself when I'm doing that, that everything is happening for me, not to me, that it's happening for my benefit and not yep. for my detriment. Um, yep. And that it, it's really hard to see those hard times as beneficial, but they really are. Um, if nothing else to make you realize just how incredibly strong you are. Um, And certainly there's an amazing amount of strength coming from you having, you know, faced some of the trials and tribulations along the way that you have. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely, it it is always a learning experience and we can either, like I said, you can grow from it or you can, 
to sit there and complain about it. And it's not going to (laughs) change. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't change it unless you actually just get up and start, you know, and and even if, even if you think you're changing it the right way and you still screw it up, guess what? You learned how not to do it. So let's just, you know, keep pushing forward. Right. I mean, right now we're, we're at a growth threshold with the company that's, um, it's scary territory for me because it's another step in growth, which is huge, which is, you know, what we started doing it for, you know, when you're, when you go from making six, six pieces a week, and then you're making 600 pieces a week, and then you're, you know, it it changes the scope and the scale a bit. And you're just trying to, trying to make sure it's like, okay, hard to, you try keeping your hands on everything. And then even so there's still some points where you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang on and this is going to move forward. And, you know, so it's, 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 that's kind of challenging right now too. Cause I'm, again, I'm hoping, gosh, I hope I don't screw this up, but it's like, you know what, we've done it well so far, the way we've been doing it. And let's just stay open to, you know, stay open to how it's going to grow and, and what parts of it are growing and, and not be, not be afraid or arrogant enough to not, you know, look to other friends or mentors or people in the business on, you know, staying open to that too. Mm-hmm. You can't be so arrogant so, that you can't take somebody else's, hey, you know, it might work. Right. So let's go into that growth journey for a minute because, you know, so many people, and I bet, you know, a lot of our listeners right now have a hobby and they would love to turn it into a full-time business, maybe leaving their nine to five and doing the transition that you made. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about making that transition and kind of what advice you have for somebody else that is, you know, looking to take their hobby and turn it into this, you know, full-time venture. Um, what what does the process look like exactly for you and kind of what should other people, you know, know now that you've been there? Um, I would say, first of all, make sure that make sure that you're well, OK, in my personal experience, making sure that our hobby was was something we, we, we produce a consumable. I'm going to sell you a chocolate heaven and you're going to eat that chocolate heaven. And guess what? It's going to be gone. I need to go get another chocolate heaven. Um, you know, so you, you've got to make sure that if you've got a hobby that you want to turn into, it's, I've been hearing it a lot lately in, in conversations about, you know, is it might be your passion, but is your passion fulfilling a need? Because if you're not fulfilling a need, then you're not necessarily, you might not necessarily experience the the success or the growth that you want with what it is you're doing. I mean, you're, you're making pearl jewelry. That's great. David Yerman makes pearl jewelry. Um, there's a lot of people out in the world that make pearl jewelry. What sets you apart? What makes you special? Who is your market? And do you have a good growth? Do you have a good growth pod? Do you have enough people underneath you who believe in what you're doing and helping you get that out there? And you know, I mean, don't quit your day job. <laughs> you, you might find it, it might take you a year for your pearl joy to take off. It might take you 10 years. Um, and if it's a hobby that you're passionate about and something that you love doing, you might be okay with a longer scaled growth. But it always goes back to, yeah, I mean, what what am I doing? Am I am I creating something that has a return demand? Hey listeners, we are so excited to share that the fourth annual Brim Retreat will be taking place in Austin, Texas. This is the premier event for female entrepreneurs that are ready to take their business to the next level. 
Taking place from April 30th through May 3rd, this three-day event is led by expert business coach Sally Holder and perfectly combines opportunities to connect, learn from the best across industries, and fill your cup with exclusive experiences and group activities. This is your chance to join 150 other phenomenal entrepreneurs and get away from the distractions of everyday life. Give yourself the dedicated time, space, and experiences that will enable you to come back and create massive leaps in your business. So are you ready to have your aha moment in Austin with The Brim? To grab your ticket or learn more, visit us at growwiththebrim.com. But hurry, because this event will sell out. So, I mean, from a, from a nuts and bolts standpoint, you know, having something that people, I mean, and we're women, we always love pearl jewelry um, and mm-hmm. lipstick and shoes and all of that. So, I mean, if, if you're, if what you're doing, you know, gets an emotional response or just, or, or triggers that need in somebody for what it is that you're selling, you know, that's always, that that's good. Cause that's going to create your base. Um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's great advice. I mean, you know, from what I'm hearing from you, it's, you know, go out there and evaluate the marketplace first and make sure that you're not the only one that loves it, um, which is right. fantastic advice. Lots of people, as you said, will just have something they're passionate about, but it's not fulfilling that need. And in order for consumers to buy, it has to be something that solves a particular problem for them. And when you can identify what problem you're solving and then differentiate yourself from other people that exist in the marketplace, that's your unique selling proposition. Then you have something unique and you know who your niche is, what your niche is, you know your ideal customer, you know, you've evaluated those things and you can really identify the problem you're solving and what makes you different, then you can be able to say, okay, there is a large enough market for the product or service right. I have. This is how big the market is, which is can be accomplished with just a little bit of research. And, right. um, you know, now I can realize, okay, there's real potential here. Um, so, I mean, fantastic advice. Um, what was the tipping point then after you did all of that? What pushed you over the edge to finally be able to say, okay, now is the time I need to leave the full-time job, right? I get yeah. that question all the time. Yeah, we, um, it was, it was like I said, it was 2014. We were both food and beverage. Um, I'd actually, I'd actually taken a day job. I was still doing nights and weekends doing catering. Um, but I'd taken a day job at a restaurant and I was, I was an assistant manager and my manager would never delegate. And I was just going, oh, I'm spinning my wheels. This is, this is not moving forward. And, and again, if you're familiar with Highlands or small town, the, the winters got very slow. So basically you could work from March or April until about the end of October. And then you were kind of left jobless. And so, you know, we were coming into the end of the season and a, a colleague of mine, she had a store and she's like, Hey, I could really use some help with my website and, and doing our online sales. And I was like, okay. And she was going to pay me she was going to pay me fairly well and everything. And I just, we'd gotten to the point that I picked up two or three wholesale accounts on the side that I was starting to sell to. And I went and worked for my colleague for about three weeks. And I was just sitting there one afternoon and I was just like, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Or I, and not, not that job per se, but in the town where I was, this is, 
my husband came from a place where he was, he started out, he's, he was, he's always been in clubs. His father was general manager for some country clubs and he's always been, but he always, he spent the first 20 years of his adult life on the golf course. And he could not understand how can you come because coming to Highlands, he's like, how do people just not have a steady job that they're at for 10, 20 years? I said, because that's not the nature of this community. It's you're you're at a place two, three years if you're lucky, and then you're shifting to something else because you either need more money or whatever. And so anyway, I was sitting there looking and I, I called my friend up. I'm like, look, I really appreciate this opportunity for this job. But if I don't if I don't take the leap, I think I've got something that's got teeth. And if I don't take the leap and do it, I'm never going to know. And she was, she was like, then why are you still here? And, and so of course she was just, she was like, well, I hate that I'm losing somebody who could actually do really well for me, but she had done the same thing. And that's the, her business had gotten so successful. And so anyway, so I was totally out of food and beverage. We, my um, March of 2015 was my last event that I worked. And again, my friend doing catering, he's like, I'm really going to miss you, but I understand. And my husband in 2015 had been offered, he got out of food and beverage. He'd been offered a job as an estate manager. He was doing well enough that if we managed frugally enough that I could step out. And so I got, it's, it's in my, well, I don't know if it's in bio that you have or not, but it's in 2015 with a 300 square foot kitchen, a hot pink mixer named Audrey. (laughs) I set out and I did it. And, you know, you went from, went from two or three accounts and then we got five and then we got seven. And by the end of 2015, I was going to have to hire somebody to help me. And I was like, Oh, well, this is so cool. Well, my husband's boss is like, Hey, we're moving to Palm beach or West Palm. He's like, we're moving to West Palm beach and uh, we're just going to pay and move you guys with us. And he was like, no, He's like, I got, I got kids in school. My life is here. You know, we just started this business and it's growing. And so anyway, so they moved and he was like, now what are we going to do? And I said, well, I need somebody to come and work for me. So he jumped in in 2016 and the two of us battled around 300 square feet and we took on another 150 square feet. So then we were still tripping over each other. And at the end of 2016, we were just like, okay, we're just all over each other. We, we got to have more room and we had grown and grown. And so then at that point, um, we had moved at the end of 2016 to our current space now, which 1700 square foot bay. And we're like, oh, we're never going to fill this up. And then a year and a half later, the bay next door came available. And we thought, well, you know, let's go ahead and take it just so we're not boxed in. And now my office is in that space. Our packing area is in that space. Our shipping area is in that space. And we have the small um, cake bars actually scaled down a little bit. And we have some retail in there too. But the kitchen, as the kitchen keeps growing, it's overflowing into that space. And, you know, it just yeah, organically, I guess, is that's that's the buzzword now. And it's been, you know, just uh, we're never going to fill that space. You know, and it's by looking at pictures of when we first moved in with two residential ovens and two stainless steel tables and and two mixers. And now we've got, you know, four full commercial convection ovens and three baking stations and refrigeration and and just the just the transformation that. Wow. Look at what we're doing. So, you know, and we just took um, we just took. Uh, well, we didn't take this space totally, but we have a contract on a space 20 minutes away so that now that we're growing again, we can manage the overflow and and continue 
continue to grow. So it's just, it's, you're saying, and it's like, I'm, I'm actually trying not to cry because I'm so, I'm, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at it, say that. you know, and it's, it's, you know, I, I, I have to just, it's one of those things is just like, look what God did for you. Just look. And you had no idea what you were doing. You were just flying by the seat of your pants and just, you kept on and you press forward and look, look where you are and you're just getting started. That's what, that's, what's amazing to me and, and scary to me. And everything at the same time is I still have so much left to do, you know, it's, and it's so exciting. Cause it's just like, wow, just because of a chocolate cake, <laughs> you know, I mean, who'd have thought, although, I mean, was it Cinderella said the right shoe can change your life? I mean, a slice of chocolate cake can change your life, apparently, because <laughs> I mean, I went from went from food stamps and twenty eight thousand wow. dollars with four two kids and a husband, and now I mean, you know, now we're we're stretching and we're growing and we're actually looking at realizing dreams and you know just you know this chocolate cake I'm sure is so tasty that it can change your life. I have no doubt about that, but <laughs> but the. <laughs> But the cake didn't do it. You did. Right. And um, you had the courage. Right. Which is really what all entrepreneurship is about is a right. They say it really is just about this ever uh, development of yourself personally. And we can't grow professionally where we aren't willing to go personally. And you know, that's why it is so emotional for you, for me, for anybody listening who has been where you are and knows, like we talk so much about all of the potential failures, right? The potential things that could go wrong, but your vulnerability and emotion about what you get to experience when you just persevere and the the tears of joy that you get to feel are just there are no words right yeah there are no words to describe it it is yeah a, I mean when a, you really it's it's, it's yeah. a great it's it's a great story and it's 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 you know it's its own little hallmark movie <laughs> you know it's it's and it's to tell it in 30 seconds but yeah when you really look when when I really look back on just the different stages and places of my life and just never never think always just I'm always going to work. I'm always just going to, you know, and granted, that's kind of where we are in society anyway. We're always going to be working, but you know, you're just, you, you look at, you look at other people and the things that they accomplish and the things that they do. And you're just like, Oh, why can't I get to that point? Why can't I get to that point? And it's like, you know what, actually you dug your heels, what you dug your heels and then you, you've stayed the course. And it's even when you didn't know, you know, what the next day was going to hold. And you just, like I said, yeah, you just, you just move forward and it's, yeah, I never saw this coming. I'm accidental baker. I like to do it, but it was never something I wasn't, you know, Johnson and Wales or anything like that. I just, I just took something that, that I was good at and people loved and sold my, sold myself in the process. And, and, you know, going back to taking your hobby to, to something bigger, you are your hobby. You are and you're you're not making a product. You're not making a product just for somebody to have. You are putting a piece of your heart. You are putting a piece of your soul in every product that comes out of where you are. That is a representation. And I, and I say that because I always look at it as my 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 
how do I say this? I've always had a desire. I guess my my nature is to to feed you. My my nature is to to nurture you or to take care of you. And and in doing so, in in making chocolate, making chocolate heaven, and now banana bread, and now the other things that we make in making those products, that is still that is still a piece of me that goes out to you. Is that and it's 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 you know some people are in are in hospitality for that reason because that's their nature to take care of people. So what whatever it is that you're doing. When it stops being personal, then that's the time to check up and say, is this what I really need to be doing? Because when it, when it stops being a part of you, then, then yeah, you need to rethink it. Because as long as what you're doing is you, people are going to, people are going to eat it up because it is, it is you. And so many people nowadays, especially, gosh, especially in this society and the, the millennials and the Zoomers and everybody, everybody is so much looking for that connection. Everybody's looking for that somebody to believe in, for that somebody to believe in them. And when you are creating whatever it is you're creating, people want to be involved in that. And so never, never lose sight of that. Never lose sight of that. Well, I, what I absolutely love is you're emphasizing the fact that everything you do, whether it is, you know, through serving people a cake or, you know, by hosting a podcast, whatever you do, do it with the infusion of love and with, you know, making an impact on other people. And that is what is so beautiful about what you're saying is that I always knew it was bigger than me. I always knew that this was a way for me to serve others, for me to make my impact on this world. And I really think fundamentally, that's what we're all after is like, you know, how can I help other people? How can I make an impact? What can I do to add to this world in a way that is unique to me? And you found your gift. And it just so happens to be with the creation of this chocolate cake. But it's also how you expand your business, right? Is knowing that my impact isn't a chocolate cake. It's about my impact is about serving people beautiful nourishing food that makes them feel as good as I feel making it. And so it isn't about you. It's about them. And, and when your business is about that, you will always experience growth period. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're a few years into this entrepreneur thing and guess what? It's hard when things get tough. It's easy to start feeling like everyone's got it figured out except for you, but that's not true. You are capable of creating anything you want, but nobody's ever showed you how to get there without pulling your hair out. That changes now. The Brim's Revenue Accelerator is the only intimate 12-month group coaching experience created by business expert Sally Holder. Consider it like your fast pass to success. Just like at an amusement park, you can wait in a long line and hopefully get on the ride before it closes, or you can find a better way. Grab the fast pass and get to your goals with ease. So what do you say? You can keep on as you have been, or you can join the Revenue Accelerator and get on your way to five times the revenue growth, along with a community of real entrepreneurs that will cheer you on, hold you accountable, and provide the safe space to get real about running a business. Head to growwiththebrim.com to set up your call and talk with a Brim team member to get signed up today. And it might not always it might not always be financially. You know, you, you can't look at what... It's very hard to get out of what am I going to get out of it? Yes, we all want to make a living and we all want to be the next big whatever, but you it's hard to go into. I I went into it, yes, with 
can we make this work to where it can support us? Yes. But at the same time, it's still, you know, we travel around, like I said, we're, we're down in, down in Charleston's weekend and I still travel around with a box of banana bread and chocolate heaven. And I'll go into a store somewhere and someone will be like, oh, we'll just strike up a conversation and I'll go out to the car and bring it back. And they're like, oh my gosh, is this for me? And it's just, it's so fun to do that because just to randomly hear, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's like, oh, it's good marketing. It's this, it's that crap. Nobody cares. It's, it's, Hey, maybe this will make your day. Hey, maybe this will, you know, it's just, it's fun. And I, and I think in, in all of that, you know, in investing in somebody else and, and just, just trying to share a little, it's, it's fun just to, it's fun just to be able to make somebody's day and do something stupid. And it's got to stay, it's got to stay fun. It's got to stay enjoyable. And when you, and when you invest yourself in it and when you love what you're doing and when you love the people that you're doing it for, it makes it so much easier to stay fun. You know, yes, it's fun. It's a lot of hard work. That's what I'm saying is so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a piece of you going out there that it's an authenticity that you don't see a lot. And that's what so many people, you know, just how how do we all just be more authentic and how do we all just be, how do we all just, you know, (laughs) there's so many things dividing us right now. Yeah. There's so many things that divide us as a, as a people right now and, and so many needless things, you know, why can't we just get back to, Hey, I think you're pretty awesome. Here's banana bread. Have a great day. <laughs> you know, so. I do spread a little kindness. It sounds like, and you are, you know, that not only fills someone else's cup, but you get a sense of, you know, accomplishment and a reward out of doing that kind of gesture too. And it sounds like, you know, spreading your day or your week or your month, right? Sprinkling a few of those in is a great way to continue to face the ebbs and flows of business is, you know, continuing to connect back to the things that can, you know, connecting back to your impact you're making, connecting back with one-on-one with some of your customers or potential customers, just spreading a little joy is a great way to kind of continue your enthusiasm for what you're doing. And that's such great advice. Right. Yeah. I mean, not, not every, not every day has to be a sales pitch. You can, you can just share for sharing's sake. Not everything has to have a motive. You know, it's, it's funny. We, we went out to a restaurant about a month ago with my daughter and to turn 12 and we took a couple of her friends. And so we all went out to dinner and they loved the waitress so much. And my, and my daughter was like, mom, do we have any chocolate heavens in the car? Really want to give her one. (laughs) And so of course they go back and give it to her. and, And it was just like, she was like, that's for me. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, sorry, it's just kind of what we do, you know, but yeah, it's and, and not saying that everybody can do that with their product, but yeah, just never, just never really be afraid to share who you are because people like that. People like yeah, that. Everybody's be- got a business plan. Everybody's got how they're going to make money. But I mean, that's always, but how are you going to be successful? I mean, everybody knows how to make money, you know, but being successful, that's not always where it is, you know, people, you're, you're memorable. Oh, that's the girl that gave me the chocolate cake. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, success is so much more than just the paycheck. And, you know, I think many of our entrepreneurs have in fact left, right. Successful nine to five paychecks Uh because they realized that it wasn't about the paycheck that it, that life truly is about so much more. And the sense of happiness and contentment is not going to come from that. 
it comes right. from something else, that sense of fulfillment. And so much of the fulfillment is about how you choose to live your life day in, day out. Absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. I, I love that you're saying that you, a lot of your fulfillment comes from showing up authentically as yourself. And there is not an entrepreneur out there that doesn't need to be reminded of that. We can get into our bubbles and in our routines and think, I've got to show up funny on reels or do, you know, something ridiculous or spectacular on a video or whatever in order to grow my business. And Today, you've given us this beautiful story of authenticity and simultaneous growth to remind everybody that that's the real way you get where it is that you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And you can have both financial rewards and fulfillment that way. And I... I loved this chat with you, Christy. I mean, I've <laughs> cried. I've <laughs> I mean, it's been phenomenal. I know that so many people are going to be inspired by your journey. And now they're all going to also want chocolate heaven cake and banana bread. So if they want to do business with you, buy some food, tell our listeners how they can begin to engage with you. Um, we have our website, which is www.lovechocolateheaven, not haven, lovechocolateheaven.com. You'd be surprised how many people try to send Love Chocolate Haven. It's like, I couldn't find you because it was wrong. Um, it's <laughs> www.lovechocolateheaven.com. That's how you can find us online for retail purchasing, um, wholesale inquiries. We are currently growing, obviously, in our in our wholesale, which is fantastic. Um, so any wholesale inquiries, you can get with me directly at sales at lovechocolateheaven.com. Um, that's the best way to reach me there. Um, and we'll just, we can send you whatever information or just send you a little happy treat in a box all for yourself. So we just, yeah, we just, we love meeting new people and making new friends and just try to keep doing that everywhere we go. And it's working. (laughs) It is working. I know that you have made a ton of new friends today from our listeners. Um, I, I am confident in that you have a a big new fan in me for sure. Ah. Um, So thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. It it was, I got the questions and I was just going, golly, I hope I don't sound stupid answering any of this. And It's just kind of just gone on a completely different path, which is, again, you know, go with it. Just let it, let it happen. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh, this was so cool. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And thank you listeners for joining us for the latest episode of the Hitting Rock Metal podcast. Again, I'm your host, Sally Holder. I hope this has made your business just a little bit better. 